0: there you're listening to the park crush podcast this is a thing park podcast i'm tom joining me as ever is josh hello there hello there josh how's it going very good thank you yourself not too bad not too bad isn't it's an exciting day i've officially shared with the world that i'm back on my bs and have launched a website uh, with, Oh my days uh, with you josh yes with okay. me i'm not going anywhere I also just can't move on from all the things that made my younger years mean something and I'm constantly <laughs> looking to the past for uh, to find substance for my own current life you know
1: I'm having an uh, existential really crisis to, at all times I'm looking forward to shutting down this website in about five years time to uh, focus on a generic news show uh, which doesn't take off <laughs>
0: Oh well, you know uh, where are you getting that from? Where are you getting that from? I don't know. (laughs) I wouldn't happen to me. Wouldn't happen to me. I'd never shut down a moderately successful website that allowed me to uh, do things and achieve things that I could never have dreamed of uh, in favor of a uh, generic news show that goes nowhere. I would never do that. That sounds ridiculous. Never do that.
1: Absolutely absurd. I mean there were some good bits that came out of that, if I'm honest.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Some of my absolute best video editing work was uh born from that uh well half um, fittingly named Half asked Project. But Yes. Alas um RIP high school reviews. I did try and eat a hundred nuggets in ten minutes, so uh That was that was some of my best video work actually. That was if you were going in cold and didn't know what to expect, that was an emotional roller coaster of a video, I would have thought, and was mm. cruelly snubbed at all the major award shows <laughs> that year. I think if it, if it had come out this year, given the year cinemas have had, it might well have been up for something. Best direction, best been, sound yeah. editing. Oh. I reckon, at the very least. I, I
1: almost want to uh, put together like a live stream that infinite loops that has like all of our best and worst
0: moments on it <laughs> <laughs> um i mean sure funnily enough i do have i, I, I won't stay on this for too long because everyone listening will have no idea what i'm talking about basically this thing Pump podcast is the is you know the latest in a long line of internet-based projects that we have pursued <laughs> over the last decade uh, it yeah. started with kind of a video games blog which grew into kind of an all you can eat entertainment news and reviews site with podcast videos and live streams and actual industry event coverage and reviews and all sorts of stuff and then there was kind of this network of various podcasts called half fast uh, which will expand various topics then there yeah. was then there was this I guess right we didn't that was then there was Park Rush. I don't know if there was anything in between half fast and Park Rush. Maybe not.
1: Uh, no. I guess while that was going on, uh, in the early years, I was also vlogging. Uh, yes. Separately, but, uh, yeah. Then half fast then this, yeah. Mm.
0: I think, you know, there are other bits and pieces that we pursued separately uh, in the interim at points, but those are the kind of the three that come to mind when I think of uh, the time we've spent stroke-wasted together <laughs> and now we come to uh, newhighscore.co.uk which uh, we've been teasing for a little while on the podcast because of course for a long time the show notes have been hosted at joshualawrence.info but now they will live at newhighscore.co.uk which is kind of um uh, a bit loose at the moment in terms of what it's for but basically it's a, a website encompassing editorial, podcast and video I think I'm mostly going to skew video games, early doors uh, on the editorial and video side of things. On the podcast side of things, it's very much Park Rush carrying the load for now. But yeah, go and have a look newhighscore.co.uk. There is a post that will more succinctly uh, outline what it's all about and what we're hoping to achieve. And hopefully you like the look of the site. I like the look of the site, Josh. So,
1: I like it, yeah.
0: I think it looks quite smart. I mean, we we should like it for the what we paid for it. That's true. That is true. But yeah, there we go. Do uh, please check it out and and enjoy it. Anything else been going on this week, Josh?
1: Um, really, you know, normal week. You know, nothing happened at all. Um, you know, just casual. Went to a theme park and wait, what? Uh, that's about it, really. You know, wait, what?
0: A theme park. What? yeah, you know, what think casual about. Tuesdays. Casual Tuesdays. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was a bit of a, I was in a bit of a brownie-induced fever dream for, for the day, to be honest. I, I ate <laughs> too much brownie too early in the day. I mean, six o'clock in the morning to have eaten that much brownie. It's not something yeah. I would recommend, frankly. It felt good at the time, but slowly but surely. Brownie... I mean, Brownie, wine gums and Mountain Dew in my uh, case. It's a good, it's a breakfast of champions. Yes. There's no doubt about that. But, um, yeah. We did indeed go to a theme park this week. We went to Alton Towers, which was very exciting. Uh, of course, my, uh, uh, my fraud status when it comes to my theme park fandom is well documented. <laughs> and it was only a couple of weeks ago that I finally would, was dragged kicking and screaming against my will. <laughs> To Th- <laughs> Thorpe Park, and uh, finally, the same has happened now for Alton Towers. The weather could not have been better for it. <laughs> it was maybe the most miserable day of the year to date in terms of weather. Yes. All the Florida downpours with none of the Florida sunshine or humid, warm temperatures. It was cold and windy and very, very yeah. wet which was quite depressing, really, because it is May. But <laughs> Classic British May weather. I guess so. I guess so. But, yeah, I finally went, and I very much enjoyed it. And um, from my first Alton Towers experience, I was pleased to be able to get on all the major th- roller coasters, at the very least. And I thought it was a, a far superior theme park, I must say, to Thorpe Park. So I guess we'll just go through the day, Josh, how it went for us. So,
1: yeah,
0: uh, I mean, it's a long ass drive, but what I would say, and I think I said to you at the time is that based on my experience, I would in fact recommend Alton towers to someone who let's say lived in our neck of the woods, meaning that it's a North of three hour drive, uh, I would not recommend someone who lived near Alton Towers, for example, coming and doing that similar drive the other way to go to Thorpe Park. Uh, No, I agree. How how did you find the drive? Was it nice to be back on the open road for an extended period of time, despite some hair-raising driving from our fellow Britons? Uh,
1: Yeah, it was good. I mean, the the drive up there uh, was fine. Obviously, M twenty five rush hour period, but once you get past that, it's uh, because you're going away from London. It's quite, it's not too bad, Um, uh, and yes, it was nice to get out on the roads, Um, see the numbers ticking by on miles and miles per gallon, and the fuel slowly ticking down. You're going, oh well, that's another two quid down the drain, another two (laughs) quid down the drain. Um, But yeah, as Great to be back, you know. This is fundamentally the first roller coaster of the day with uh, me driving.
0: <laughs> it's very true. Uh we were going at speeds consistently higher than many of the roller coasters that we were subsequently to go on. Oh uh you're not wrong there. And yes, I I think the thing I like most, I mean you said to me before that when you finally kind of reach the last leg of the journey, it doesn't really feel like you're coming up on a theme park and that's very true. You go through some very like quaint like a quaint little British countryside village, rolling hills yep. and trees wherever you look. It doesn't feel like you're about to come up on a massive theme park, uh, but I, I liked that vibe actually. And it kind of just springs into view out of nowhere, really. The welcome to Orton Towers sign, and even and even then, it's not super obvious that there are rides waiting for you. Like I think it's it's well, it's well hidden. And I think adds to the sense of anticipation and adventure more so than Thought Park did, which you can, you know, see from all sorts of angles on different roads depending on where you are, and it's not quite as uh, grand uh, an entrance. It doesn't feel to me, but no, correct. Yeah. Thought Park was good fun, and then adding to the sense of excitement, a monorail. A monorail. A monorail. Can you believe it? A monorail from the car park to the theme park, which you said wasn't running last time you were there, last summer. Uh, Correct, Was that just because of
1: COVID or was it down? Uh, Yes, it was because of COVID. They had to do some... uh, They weren't sure exactly how you could get the monorail running and also be COVID safe. Oh, okay. Um, So, yeah, that's... um, They weren't running at the time. They're now running because... there's emergency... All the windows at the ends of the carriages, not on the sides, but at the ends, are emergency exits. Right. And so you can't just put perspex up between each bank of seats, because then you can't get to the emergency exits. Got yeah. So they had to come up with this ingenious um, flap system to uh, ensure that people could move from one section to the other in case there was an emergency.
0: Right. And I guess also, you know, they're limiting one party to a carriage. And uh, yeah, to a
1: section of a carriage.
0: To a section probably. of a carriage and they and obviously have to yeah. wear a mask. Uh, and there yep. was no one asking if you wanted anything from the trolley, dear, which I assume does happen in normal <laughs> times.
1: Uh, yeah, of course. Yes, there's plenty of room for that sort of thing to occur. <laughs>
0: But no, I I I guess but it does genuinely add to the anticipation of reaching the theme park proper. You know the jovial music and the uh, the announcer. We were on a we were all, all the the trains have slightly different uh, get-ups, I guess, and we were on a pirate themed one. So the announcer was, you know, yo hoing its way to um to the park, which was good fun. Some good uh, some mm. good uh, f- f- fart humor for the kids and for me. Classic fart humour, yep. So, I couldn't really, couldn't really complain about that. Uh, it probably takes about five minutes on the mon- on the monorail, I'd say, to get from the car park to the theme park. We walked on the way out, and that was probably, I don't know, just north of ten minutes or so. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's worth doing, I think. Obviously, if the weather's not great, and also just, you know, as I say, it just adds to that sense of anticipation you get. Makes it feel like more of a a grand day out, which is good fun. The,
1: the The cool thing about the monorail as well, it goes through the park.
0: Yes, yes. I think one of my favourite things about the park was this uh, was the sense of kinetic energy that's kind of everywhere you go. Because uh, you, you said a lot while we were queuing for rides, how there was a lot of interaction between the queues and the rides themselves. That like the roller coasters can can at times really swoop down low uh, towards the queue areas. You know. Um, none of the queues have that sense of immersion and theming that you would get from, I don't know, it's just opened this week, so Velocicoaster uh, started opening for previews this week, so something like a Velocicoaster. But what you get instead is, um, yeah, it's that kind of close interaction with the ride itself, which I think is is really cool. And as you're walking around the park, as you say, yeah, you see the monorail sometimes getting itself quite close to some of the rides and I'd imagine when everything is operating at full tilt, because there was some stuff that was shut, there's probably a real good sense of kinetic energy that kind of encompasses the whole park, which is uh, which I really liked, actually.
1: Yeah, I think so. A, a, a normal time for Alton Towers that very much gives a, um, I want to say, like kind of a uh, Magic Kingdom-esque vibe, you know, in terms of oh. stuff going on and people enjoying themselves and that sort of thing
0: well I can't think of higher praise than that uh, absolutely so once you get into the park, what is that kind of opening area the the main street of Alton towers if you like does that have a name and uh, uh
1: yeah that's so that's
0: um well I've always called it
1: Tower Street I don't know if that's the official name but I've always called it Tower street right um, um I should probably look I should probably have the official map up I've got Google Maps up because it's um easier to Work your way way round than the official map, but
0: uh... it's quite a grand entrance. You see the old manor house off in the distance across the water, which is uh, quite a spectacular sight actually. And obviously, knowing that it's a, it's a genuine, real old manor house, you know, I think does add to that. Like it's not as perfect a sight line as approaching Cinderella's castle at the front of uh, at the front of uh, Main Street, but that's an entirely I hate to break it to you, but that's an entirely manufactured creation, an entirely... Uh, what? Yeah, I, I, I'm I, sorry that none of that is genuine or real. Whereas this is, you yeah, know, that is an actual old manor house across an actual body of water, both of which have been there yeah. for decades or, you know, centuries. and Centuries, yeah. So, yeah, you, it's not going to be that perfect manufactured view. But I think that adds to it, honestly, and... I think that's that's another thing, uh, aside from the kind of kinetic energy I mentioned, just walking around the park, you do have those areas that are also a little bit quieter and you do feel uh, you do get that old, that sense of what it was before a theme park, uh, which I liked as well. You know, yeah. we did have a, a little foray into the gardens in the middle, which asks a lot of your calves and your knees, frankly. Oh, like, yeah. That is, um you know they have not done a ton to that that is still that still feels pretty real and pretty pure so far as um you know gardens go like i think that that's been open at points during covid when the theme park at large has been shut and i could imagine yeah making a decent little hike out of that to be honest even without the rides
1: yeah um and the garden is bigger than what we saw because we was using it more as a cut through to other rides mm. but um yeah, it's it's a nice walk.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. You're, oh, by the way, we should note clearly, clearly. Maybe doesn't need to be said, but we we obviously <laughs> failed to persuade Abby, who came on our Alton Towers episode. Oh, uh, sorry, our Thought Park episode because he came to Thought Park. We failed to persuade him to come to Alton Towers. Yes, he had a ticket. He he had a ticket, and uh, you know. Uh, from what I know about Abbey, he would have liked those gardens. You know, some, some, some nice, yeah. quaint old man birdwatcher vibes. Didn't even need to go for, on any roller sure. coasters to have a great time. Yes.
1: <laughs> I'm sure he would have loved sitting in the rain while
0: we went <laughs> on roller coasters. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I have no doubt of that. Uh, I guess in terms of the, uh, the that main entrance, main entrance, Tower Street, as you call it. Uh, at the end of the yeah, day we that's did that's the official name by the way it is the official name oh nice we yeah. we did spend a bit more time there at the end of the day uh there was a there's a coffee shop grabbed a coffee on the way out when in the the uh the gift shop the the main gift shop you got your pick mix have you yes. have you eaten all the pick mix yet
1: I, i've eaten the majority of the pick mix <laughs> uh the only thing that's left is the dolly mixture because that's my least favorite
0: what makes that p- pick a mix so special to you exactly? Because it's not like made in house or anything, is it? It's not even Br- Alton Towers branded. No. They just seem like they must have no. bought it in from somewhere.
1: Yeah, um, I guess it's always just been a tradition. Like, because pick a mix has always been great, fun, wherever you are. And it used to be, obviously, in COVID times, it's not pick a mix, it's been pre picked and pre mixed <laughs> into a tub for you. <laughs> Um so you can't do can't do the picking and the mixing yourself. Ugh. But it's it's always been, you know, the one off price, obviously that price has gone up through the years. Um, and you basically get the tub and you just you just ram it. You stick your fist in there, squash it down as much as possible so you can stuff more sweets into it. Um it's just it's a, it's part of this it's this nostalgia thing and also this challenge of how much Sweet, how many sweets can you fit into that tub um, to get your money's worth?
0: To be fair, I, although it has been pre mixed and pre picked, I don't feel like they've been too stingy. I, I that tub looked pretty full to me,
1: yeah. Yeah, I agree. So I think they're, they're doing a pretty good job of filling that tub up. Hmm.
0: Quite pleased. 750 right, seven pound 50?
1: Seven pounds 50, yeah. yeah, not cheap. Um, I feel like. When I went, um, I when I vlogged my trip of Alton Towers. Oh wow! Uh, I think it was about five quid.
0: When was that? I don't think I recall watching uh, an Alton Towers vlog. Is it on Plex?
1: That was a that was about ten years ago. Oh. Uh, it is on Plex. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Um, maybe now we got this new website. Maybe I'll bring it back.
0: Oh yes, the, uh, yes, do it. Um, I bought a mug also. I bought a uh, yes, you did. nemesis mug. I I I've mentioned many times how a mug is often kind of my uh, most stri- kind of my straightforward go-to when I'm thinking of some think punk merch a little uh, a relic of the trip if you like and once much like thought Park, the majority of the mugs were ridiculously oversized and even this nemesis one that I bought was I think uh, bigger than I would like but it was just about acceptable. And uh, I have used it, and it's perfectly fine. So there you go. Oh, that is it's my full review. I'm happy to hear. Um, I'll write yep. nine hundred a full nine hundred word review for newhighscore.co.uk. <laughs> yeah, if you could um, uh, on the uh, Nemesis mug.
1: I should say that shop. Oh, uh, Towers Trading is the full length of Tower Street.
0: Yes, it's you've got it's. It's very reminiscent in that way of the. Uh, some of the gift shops in magic kingdom you know which uh stretch along not not the whole of main street but a fair chunk of it yeah uh, and it can feel like uh, you're almost going into different shops within the same shop it's got that same design yeah um it's, it's great i love it mm. love a long shop yeah and uh yeah they, they were sort of managing the number of people that could go in the shop and there was a lady who was uh yeah managing that and uh, she was very nice. I found the staff to be very pleasant throughout the day, actually. You know, we had a couple of people stop asking how the day was going. Uh, quite personable, which was nice. Uh, the guy where we yeah. had our burger. I was asking, you know, what our favourite rides were and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I just found the vibe more sort of pleasant than, than Thought Park as well. You know, didn't smell of weed. Uh, not as many yeah, yeah, not that you know around. What that like. And the staff seemed happier you know a bit friendlier.
1: Yes, I wholeheartedly agree. Mm.
0: I guess actually we should start talking about rides, but as I just mentioned, burger, better burger than the thought park, not a Burger King burger, it was a in-house burger but still very much uh, the uh, style of cheeseburger that you would expect to see in a McDonald's or a Burger King, but yeah, it was I thought it was better, it was tastier. It also didn't take 5 hours to arrive, which you know, is always good when you're ordering yes. fast food. So um, there we go.
1: It was really weird. Like all of the burgers seemed to be like knockoffs of Burger King burgers. Like you had the bacon double cheese XL. Uh, you had the Whopper equivalent. Um, you had double Whopper equivalent. It was um, kind of bizarre
0: in that way, but yeah, it was, it was good. Yeah, the the Burger Kitchen is where we got that. Yeah. Uh, alas, the roller coaster restaurant, which which pictures itself as the, the UK's first roller coaster restaurant, as if roller coaster restaurant is some sort of established style of cuisine. Uh, the, yeah. the way yeah. they describe it, it seems on. like it's yo sushi on steroids. Like your food arrives on a some sort of track, essentially, and 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 yeah. even does a loop. Like, um, the loop. I don't know how that. Works, but it's like I'm curious. Like City Bang Bang. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to look this up. I, may, I don't know how old the restaurant is. If it existed pre-COVID, then I uh, I may have to look up a video because I need to know how the loop the loop uh, delivery uh, of food. actually yeah, I don't know if it works. Yeah,
1: um, the the location existed before COVID, but I'm not sure the I'm not sure if the restaurant existed before COVID. Right. If okay. that makes sense, like that specific restaurant.
0: Mm. Okay, well, let's uh, let's hurtle through these rides then. I, I we we kind of limited ourselves to the roller coasters. That's what we had, we had time to do. The opening hours were pretty brief while we were there. It was ten till four. Yeah, ten till four. So even if we'd wanted to do more. Uh, we couldn't, and that's even though, you know, we didn't really have to queue for anything for too long. I think the longest queue we had w- was for 13, which was, what what would you say, an hour 20, something like that? And that was yes. a big part of that was because it broke down for a little while, yep. and the queue wasn't moving for probably 20 minutes or so. But we started the day with a Wicker Man, which was an impressive start to the day, because it was probably the most themed of any roller coaster I have done across Thorpe Park and Orton Towers. Mm. Uh, inspired by kind of the original story uh, unfortunately not the Nick Cage film Uh, not the bees yeah yeah. you you kind of wanted it to have like a launch and you know how the Hulk coaster like roars at the time of the launch you kind of want a Nick Cage not the bees in time with the the launch out of the station
1: have you seen the uh, 1970s Wicker Man
0: no I haven't seen any form of Wicker Man
1: Oh, okay. I haven't seen the Nick Cage one. I just know obviously that scene. Yeah, same. But the the nineteen seventies <laughs> one is really bizarre. Right. It's it's nineteen seventies British bizarre, you know? Huh. That's really uh, yeah. and the seventies is a pretty 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 creepy time. Uh some pretty creepy individuals about in real life. So you can only imagine what uh a film might be like.
0: Yeah. I mean, the, the, you know, uh, this ride, I think, and the vast majority of the queue is outside. Um, but again, it kind of intersperses with the track. Not quite so much as other rides because the track is all quite condensed into one central area. I mean, that's the thing with a woody. You can't really have it flying up above queue lines and things like that because of the amount of scaffolding that's needed just to hold the track up in place. Uh, yeah. Yeah but it's it's still it's still an, an an impressively designed track considering it takes up quite a small amount of space and once you get towards the end of the queue and it ducks inside you you would normally i think i think they turned it off because they they didn't want people to congregate and they they want to kind of funnel you through a little bit more once you get indoors at the moment but there is a a little room where you would expect a bit of voiceover i guess from the wicker man there's a projection up on the wall which looks decent There are some all right fire effects throughout as well, Uh, but yeah, it's still. Mm. I think even without, even with some of that stuff turned off, I think just being indoors in a relatively well themed uh, kind of wooden shack, I guess, uh, to (laughs) sort of add to the sense of uh, tension. Uh, Yes, had the uh, the burning smell
1: was uh, on, you know, on par on top. Yes. Uh, if you want to say, um, it's just top. It was top. Um, the effects are really great. And the Wicker Man, I think, is uh,
0: excellent. In, in the queue, you mean, or on the ride? the the, the On the ride, on the, the uh, large structure. When you go through the Wicker Man. It's yes. hard to tell if you're going into his mouth or coming out of his mouth. I think you're kind of coming out of his mouth, right? You're kind of going through he, the back. He,
1: he, it's two sided. So on the front, it's a. Um, like a man's face and on the back it's the like
0: goat's head oh, face I see I see I did to so you're I, I did take a picture of uh, and put it on the Park Cross podcast Twitter page so and you can go and have a look and get a sense for what that particular part of the ride looks like but yeah it's it's, it's it feels it felt pretty quick to me I think helped by the fact that it was raining slightly you know rain in the face on a roller coaster always kind of adds to the uh, extreme sense, Uh, not as much as it did later in the day on Smiler. That was uh, a combination of hilarious and unpleasant, uh, the amount of rain that was falling at that point. But no, I think with the burning smell, the fire, the rain, uh, the kind of haunting music before you got on the ride, it it all added up, actually, and I think enhanced the experience in a way uh, of Wicker Man you know on kind of a bright yeah. sunny day it might kill the vibe a little bit feel
1: you know you, you need it to feel uh, cold and 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 dark yeah kind of damp and it's overcast a get the vibe.
0: A bit gloomy it, it, i i think it kind of added to it so yeah that was wickerman and that was a, a good start to the day i think and i think it felt faster than it was it goes just north of 44 miles an hour but I think it feels a bit longer than that. It feels a bit faster than that, sorry. I think wooden coasters always kind of feel a bit more extreme than they actually are just because of the sheer amount of noise that they generate and, and them by nature being slightly rougher than your more modern steel mm. coasters. But of course, this is, this is a pretty yeah. new coaster. It's, it feels quite unusual for a major theme park to open a new wooden coaster. It feels like they're kind of the roller coaster of yesteryear, but... It was fun to ride a relatively new woody.
1: Yeah, I guess they're coming back into vogue
0: though, right? Mm.
1: Um, traditional woodies and the um, hybrid wood and steel um, coasters, are, you know, like uh, Iron Gwazi, obviously. Uh, yeah. So they're coming back into vogue, which is really good to see.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to see um, Iron Gwazi properly. It should be good fun. Yeah, it should be good fun. Uh we had a brief jaunt onto the runaway mine train. It's kind of a kiddie coaster. I, I put it. I put it a notch above something like a flying unicorn and a Woody Woodpecker uh, and a Barnstormer. I think it. I think it's got more going for it than those. But it's uh, pro- probably somewhere in between those and a Big Thunder Mountain. Maybe. I, I think the yeah the USP of this one is that you you do two laps. So it keeps going when you get back through the station the first time. And the while well, we were queuing, the the train we were that we were waiting to board, and there were so few people in the queue that they actually sent that one through three times. So it's three laps. Lucky kids. Yeah. It reminds me of a time when my sister and I were on the flying unicorn, and it was so dead that the people there just literally just let us Keep staying on, and we were front row flying unicorn about six times in a row because no one else was coming on the ride. Wow! Oh, I know it's absolutely amazing. It was the closest I've ever felt to like having a thing parked to yourself. Uh, and (laughs) and I I, I still call what I still call that ride flying unicorn, even though it is now what Flight of Hippogriff. But uh, that time we did it like six times running, it, it was still that was pre Harry Potter, so. That ride felt very, very neglected back then. It was, you went to that area for dueling dragons and maybe Poseidon, and that was about it, really. No one yeah. really cared for the flying unicorn, alas. No. um Yeah, correct. So I always had a special place in my heart for that one specific time <laughs> that we did it six times back to back. And another good example, Josh, of, um, the, of the staff being good fun. There's a guy living it yeah. up on the uh, runaway mu- mine train <laughs> on the choo choo on the controls choo choo. Yeah, it's the oldest roller coaster um, in the park. Uh,
1: yes, it is now. Yeah, um, because Cork, when Corkscrew went for thirteen, um, obviously that was that Corkscrew was the, the oldest roller coaster in the park. Full stop at the time because um, it was there from uh, when they started moving into roller coasters. Um, corkscrew now can be found partially at the entranceway to Alton Towers. Yeah, um, they have some of the old corkscrews um, as as a sort of feature in the um, open sort of area before the ticket barriers.
0: Yeah, they they've, they've re- reused it for decorative purposes, kind of like yeah, they've got uh, sections of the old Hulk track at the entrance to the uh, Hulk Coaster Islands of Adventure. Yes. Um, one of my favourite parts about the runaway
1: train, uh, unfortunately, we didn't get to witness it because the rapids were down. But it's the interaction between the train and the rapids.
0: Yes, yes, um, that did look like it could potentially be pretty cool. But yeah, the rapids were down. They were, they were. Com- it was completely empty of water.
1: Yes, I'd imagine they uh, turn it off when it's when it's bad weather cuz they know no one is going to ride it so why waste money running it
0: yeah the the rapids also fly past a uh, like a pizza restaurant right Which, yes yeah again would be a uh, be a cool place to have lunch if they'd been running uh
1: once a uh pizza hut um uh, and you can tell it is cuz it has the pizza hut traditional pizza hut structure of a building um now uh, generic
0: uh own brand pizza and pasta have you been in there before? Is it is it is it solid pizza? Uh,
1: I haven't been in it since it wasn't a Pizza Hut. So last time I went, it was a Pizza Hut, still, um, but it was like only buffet pizza, right? Which is the best parts of Pizza Hut, quite frankly. Uh, so yeah, you, like you pay like what eight quid, and it's like unlimited pizza.
0: That's all right,
1: um, and I believe it's the same now that it's the buffet and now it's own brand. It's still just a buffet. Um, and it's pizza or pasta, or you've got the side salad, obviously. And you pay like eight quid and it's, you know, go nuts.
0: Lovely jubbly. Uh, mm. I think Nemesis was next for us after this. That was the next coaster that we did.
1: Uh, yeah, Jewel was shut because it's an indoor ride, obviously. Um, yeah. And so, was, uh, and so, yeah, Nemesis was next on the list. Now, you've. It's a bit of a walk from, you know, all, all of these rides, right? I don't know how you feel about that.
0: Yeah, no, I, it felt like it did feel like there was a solid gap between the runaway train and um, and nemesis. But I mean, like I said, to be fair, I didn't mind it because I think with thought Parkers that everything kind of felt like it was very much on top of it, on top of its, on top of one another. Every ride, uh, yeah, Alton Towers felt a bit more spaced out. Like there was a bit more to admire about it besides just right what we're doing now, you know. Uh, and and I liked I liked that about it, actually. So I didn't mind the the slight trek that we had between the train and Nemesis. I thought that was fine. And I think Nemesis oh, had some of the best, as we talked earlier, kind of ride-queue interaction. There's a, a loop that kind of mm. barrels uh, on the way out or on the way into the loop. I can't quite remember now, but it kind of goes underneath the, the queue, uh, similar to uh, the Kumba out. in Bush Gardens and the way that flies underneath a walkway at one point. If you've been on that one, uh, that's, that's the vibe I uh, yeah. got from this. But you've waxed lyrical about this ride on this podcast many times, Josh. I think you listed it <laughs> on one episode. I think you, you said it's not anymore, but at the time we did, uh, we did an episode on our favourite coasters of all time, and I think this yep. was it for you. Uh, it was your
1: boy John Wardley, yeah. my boy, represent. Um, yeah, I still love this ride. I, it's it's so. I think it's so impressive that it's still. Uh, you know, relatively speaking, so smooth for how old it is, mm. um, and it still, I think for me, holds up so well and still really good fun.
0: Yeah, definitely. I found it to be, I found I, I didn't find any of the coasters. I mean, I came off some of the ones at thought Park feeling like I'd really been thrown around quite a bit. To be honest, I don't know if that's just because mm. I, I was taking a bit to adjust because it was you know my first theme park visit for over a year and the last theme park i'd been to before then was um singapore and there aren't really too many uh that well there are no coasters of the same extremity as the ones at thorpe park so it'd been a while since i'd done a, a bit of a hardcore coaster maybe that didn't help but i didn't find any of the rides at alton towers to be quite so uh rough and and I think of all of them, I expected maybe Nemesis to be that, and it wasn't really. I I found it to be totally fine, and it's so we should say it's like you know it's an inverted coaster, uh, lots of corkscrews yeah. and loops, goes at about fifty miles an hour, and I mean how old is it? It's not I mean, as we've established the train is the oldest coaster in the park, but I think you know people maybe don't think of that one when they think of the big coasters. So would this be the oldest of the the big boys? Um, yes, it would be, yeah.
1: Cool. Um, I can't, I can't remember ex- an exact, uh, year. Didn't you write a book?
0: Didn't you re- read a book about this ride specifically?
1: Uh, no, it's about John Wardley, uh, and his, um, career of building roller coasters, At but it's called Creating My Nemesis. Oh, okay. Because this was his first big one. Uh, 1994. Oh, wow. Um, yeah so almost as old as us, Tom, oh boy,
0: oh boy, yeah what's um is there anything that sticks out from that book in terms of the thought that went into the design of the coaster because again it's um it's quite tight, like it it's fit into a relatively small space for how uh, much track there is,
1: yeah, so I guess the one of the main things is that they couldn't go up because the because of the rule there um, and you can find this with all the rides there. Um, they can't be higher in the tree line. Mm. Uh, and so they had to go down uh, and so they had to dynamite out the uh, hole that the ride goes into. Um, and so obviously then at that point they then have to keep it quite tight to try and keep it within this limit um, of h- height wise and um, to keep it within this hole. So um, I think, you know, you know, very much that limitation on the tree line meant that Uh, John and the team had to get creative with how they um, packaged it up to make it enjoyable um, but also fit within the parameters that they had
0: Right yeah, it's interesting Like as you say, because they've dynamited out a big section of the ground for this ride it doesn't go as high as some of the drops would suggest like as I say, it's quite a lot of track fit into quite a small space and it does take you up a chain lift and then send you back down but you'll never, you never feel, you, you, you feel quite close to the ground throughout, which means there's quite yeah. a lot of near misses or it feels that way anyway, which I think, um, yeah, adds to um, the thrill. I should say
1: as well, this, this is the one that, um, this is the ride that s- sort of spawned the code names that Alton Towers use for their roller coasters, which is ah. a secret weapon. Um, so they all, they, you know, that John Wardley wanted to design this based on uh, sort of like a secret weapon. And this was basically called Secret Weapon 1, and then they revised it called Secret Weapon 2. And then since then, all of the roller coasters have been codenamed Secret Weapon 3, 4, 5, 6, etc.
0: Hmm.
1: I think it's going to be quite hard to strike that one off in that location, obviously, because the rock is quite hard. Mm. Um, you'd have to either do some more demolition to m- open up the space... Or um, find a new roller coaster that can fit in that space, which might be difficult. Yeah, uh,
0: I think the next one we did after that was Galactica, which was is a flying coaster. Again, if you want a Florida point of reference, this would be uh, Manta at SeaWorld. Uh, was a VR coaster at one point, so if you want another point of reference, kind of like Kraken at SeaWorld. <laughs> Uh, they've taken the VR out now. Uh, it was called Air previously, right? Then they VR'd it up and kind of themed it to a journey through space. It is now still a journey through space, but you're clearly not in space because you're just in Staffordshire. But I thought this was probably my favourite coaster of the day, just because, yeah, I think you okay. know, these, flying, these flying coasters, believe it or not, Josh, they make you feel like you're flying. It's pretty cool. It's, pr-
1: it's pretty, cool. pretty cool.
0: Yeah, there's a decent chunk of time where you're kind of lying on your back, takes you upside down, some nice corkscrews. Again, a lot of it feels pretty close to the ground in a way that I liked. And there's, again, quite a few near misses with the queue. So a lot of these rides have that yes. stuff going for it. I didn't realise this was another John Wardley joint, but um, yes. he, he gets around that guy. He's a busy man. Yeah, I, I should also mention that... Um, the
1: uh, quite a number of these are uh some of these rides are all b and m bollinger and Malabar uh, mabelard rides mm. um Alton towers john and b and m worked closely together to build all these rides um and some of the features of ro- of some roller coasters that you now see globally are because of the work that was done here at alton towers um so like for nemesis for example that's europe's first inverted roller coaster. Um, and at the top of the chain lift, you have this sort of little little drop, which then levels off before it goes into the big drop, um, right. and that was there to stop the chain lift from breaking every time, because it, it, quite often the chain lift would break if you went straight into a drop, because the weight pulling on the chain would break the chain. So they did this little drop to solve that problem, um, and uh, this uh, Galactica, which was formerly known as Air, um, was B&M's first uh, flying coaster
0: in the world, and I think it, you know it felt it felt pretty long to me as well. I think something a lot of these rides had going for it actually, going for them was that they didn't feel quite so in and out as the ones at Thorpe Park, and I thought this one was similar to that. I think I don't know if it's just because more of them have you got a few, I don't know. It, felt, it just felt to me like there were more rides with chain lifts, which obviously kind of maybe artificially extends the length of them in some way. And I guess it is a bigger theme park. So they've all, all the roller coasters felt like they had a bit more of their own dedicated space. Whereas mm. thought parks, you know, there's less room to work with. But I think this one probably was close to two minutes long again and just makes you feel like you've got more for your for your time really the the time that you invest in the queuing and this one had this was probably after 13 the longest queue that we faced during the day but again I just I just love the sensations that these kinds of rides create and until now the only one I'd done was manta so it, would, it was nice to do a different one and um, yeah yeah I, I don't think it's as good as manta but as I say it was probably no, but- my favorite roller coaster of the day although we're going to get to a couple which did if anything was going to beat it um they came later in the day Uh, we did while we were over in this area actually one of the few non-roller coasters that we did in fact maybe the only non-roller coaster that we did was a member of the retro squad you talked about the retro squad a few weeks ago on the podcast when it was announced it's just like a collection of flat rides but we did was it funk and fly the closest way I could, the best way I could describe it would be the scene in Toy Story where Buzz is going to show all them toys that he really can fly <laughs> and kind of uh, z- zips yes. around Andy's room uh, but not in a particularly um, stable looking way he's a bit up and down and all over the place gets caught on the uh, the rocket ship thing that's hanging from the ceiling at one point <laughs> felt a bit like that I felt like I might fall uh, out I did not yeah. feel particularly secure <laughs> Um,
1: this is uh, for people that know roller coasters or rides this is a paratrooper style ride right Um,
0: and a good soundtrack
1: yeah Uh, yeah 80s soundtrack you can't get can't beat that really can you no Um, I would say that the ride that was that used to be where Funk and Fly was which uh, was Ripsaw was great fun Um, but unfortunately that was removed back in 2015
0: What are some of the other retro squad rides? We we didn't do the other ones, but I think there were only three or four. Um,
1: Yes, you've got uh, mixtape, which is in the X sector, uh, which is a smashing jump ride, Uh, and you've got roller disco, which is a waltzer that was in the dark forest. So that was the one near sort of that's a roller disco is sort of near Rita. Oh yeah, and the mixtape is near uh, oblivion and Smiler. Uh, there's a fourth one as well, which hasn't opened yet because um, it's in the world of David Walliams, uh, which oh. isn't open yet, uh, and that's Flavio's fabulous Fandango. Bless you.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. Well, then it was onto the dark forest, and it, it was Rita, yeah. Quick, quick jump through the uh, garden up to uh, yes. Yes, that is the point where we went through the garden, saw a nice uh, uh uh pagoda which was yeah. Uh the the water sprang out of the top of that did not play nice with the wind and I think could easily <laughs> have soaked people when it would otherwise have not. And yeah. like I said, tough on the old knees and and calves. And sure some, is. So some, some 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 serious walking to be done if you choose to take that cut through. Uh also um another thing uh, we, we haven't mentioned it so far, but it does add as well to that kinetic energy that I keep mentioning around the park, and, and you see it when you're going through the gardens, is the cable car, which I was getting yes. clear on how exactly that was running throughout the day, because, I mean, it was running, <laughs> but it sometimes appeared like they just weren't letting people on. Then maybe it seemed like people were being allowed on going one way, but not the other. so Yeah, it
1: seemed, it seemed more or less empty for some reason. Yeah, it's, but-
0: it's hard to know if that's a COVID thing or a weather thing. I think it could have been the a weather thing given how windy it was at points.
1: Yeah, I think it I think it's a weather thing, not a covid thing. I think it's cuz it wasn't running at all the last time I went. Um so like they, they weren't even moving uh in one direction. Mm. Um they were only doing using one section of it. Um so yeah, who who really knows.
0: Yeah. Rita then is um in in the early goings anyway that the start of that ride and the way it... <laughs> it shoots you out of the station even with like the traffic lights counting down feels v- is I and mean, it's very reminiscent of stealth at Thorpe Park which we talked about a few weeks ago but whereas stealth basically then just sends you straight up into a top pat and back down again uh, at a high speed by the way that's like north of 80 miles an hour that you go to in about 2 seconds this one i think it's going about 60 maybe it's closer to rock and roller coaster yep. in terms of the speed it sends you out of the gate but then there is more to the track after just the launch itself. And I think actually this in some ways, I think probably other than Smiler was, uh, felt like the most holy moly, uh, my body is going through the ring of here, uh, roller coaster of all of them. But in a, but in a, in a nice way, I wasn't like, whereas some of the rides at Thorpe park felt rough and I was banging my head between the restraints and that kind of thing. Uh, I didn't get that one on this, uh, and I, th- I, th- I think some of the restraints on these rides also just maybe sat a bit tighter to your body and they didn't they didn't extend up quite as high, even on someone like me who's a bit shorter, obviously. I think that's part of the problem I have when it comes to banging my head on these restraints, the overhead restraints. But all of these ones, I think, sat a bit tighter to you. Yeah. So I didn't have that problem. But no, I really like this ride. And the theming is interesting because it used to be, or you were saying, it used to be like a, a racing rating. Themed coaster and then kind of became something a little bit uh, more in tune with yeah, the spooky so it, setting. Uh,
1: yeah, so it was originally themed to drag racing, uh, much like Stealth, um, and I guess King of Car in the US, um, an Accelerator in the US. Um, but then that was there uh, when uh, it was part of Ugland, which didn't really make sense. Um, Ugland. Yeah, Ugland. It was like a prehistoric era, so that's where Corkscrew was, um, as well. And then it—it it kind of it was kind of a bizarre area. But basically, instead of it being dark forest themed, it was um, rock themed, uh, and you had Corkscrew there, and you had some dinosaur bits and that sort of thing. Um, and then when they got rid of Corkscrew and they replaced it with thir- replaced Corkscrew with Thirteen, they went to this dark forest theming uh, and they changed the theme of Repeater so it looked like it was an abandoned uh, speedway that has been slowly being retaken by the dark forest.
0: And the other ride in the dark forest was Thirteen, which yes. I think was was probably alongside Wicker Man the most themed of the roller coasters that we went on that day. Although not as scary as um, you recalled its original advertising campaign, which maybe was trying to create the sense that it was scarier than it actually was. Kind of, yeah. I don't really know what the story was on this one, but again, it was kind of it, it made more of the dark forest setting. There was it, it seemed like maybe it was based around this creepy girl who'd gone missing and maybe been corrupted by the dark forest and was just counting to thirteen in the kind of a creepy way throughout the queue.
1: Yeah, so um, some of the, like, marketing around it was ride into the unknown was one slogan, uh, ride the demon of the dark forest, um,
0: surrender in March 2010 uh, was kind of, you know, things like that. Right. Another John Wardley joint. And this is where Corkscrew used to be, specifically. This is what replaced yes. Corkscrew. Yes, yeah. it- is it is it a worthy successor to corkscrew um not if you're
1: into big coasters mm. um corkscrew was very much um i think it was it's just it was quite uh well regarded when it first opened yeah um and then obviously it, it kind of fell uh, as it got old it got uh quite rickety and that sort of thing but uh it was um, very well received at the time obviously this is more of a family coaster but it does have a world's first in it uh, which is a common theme at Alton Towers this is uh, the world's first vertical free fall drop element on a roller coaster
0: ah which was then blatantly ripped off by Hagrid's magical something yeah. or others
1: yes so. blatantly
0: can't, can't believe 13 it 13 did it first, remember that Yeah. Uh, so yes, having Hashtag not done Hagrid or anything version. similar, that was my first experience of a vertical free fall drop on a roller coaster. And even though I could, you know, I knew that that was an element of this ride, and it's and it's obvious if you if you know that when you're when you're on it, it's quite obvious when it's about to happen. Yeah. But it still it still kind of got me, and you then go backwards for a fairly extended period after that. Um, which I you know I I love roller coasters that go backwards. They never fail to kind of again sort of just make me laugh. To be honest, but uh, it's it's great fun on the uh, the mummy for that short period, and it looks like one of the things I'm most excited for about Hagrid is that it looks like you go backwards on that for quite a long time, and I'm uh, yeah I'm looking forward to doing that one for myself. But no, I like yes. I liked thirteen. I I so. don't know if I would queue as long for it again. But obviously, it was skewed uh, by the fact that no. it broke down. And I'd imagine with it having the vertical free fall uh, and the track change that is needed to send you backwards, there's probably just slightly more that can go wrong on a roller coaster like that compared to the other ones.
1: Yeah, certainly being the first, you know, you're always going to run into things that you didn't quite realise. Mm. Um, you know, Hagrid's going to have learnt a lot of
0: lessons from 13. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and Hagrid had plenty of problems. Let's not forget that had actually quite a rough opening. You know, it, yeah, it had of some weird problems like the bee, the bees, but also bees. seemed like it ran into quite a lot of technical issues in the early weeks and months. Yes. So yeah, maybe not a surprise. Uh, then you know we went to that to the X sector, which is, is is where two of the real the big boys are. And and I, I must admit I was quite nervous because this was after lunch. So we we wolfed we wolfed <laughs> down a cheeseburger and chips in frankly record time and then went and did yeah. first oblivion which is uh was the world's first vertical drop coaster so uh yep. yeah this is um this is this is half the height of of Yashikra at Bush Gardens. That, that's what 200 feet just over this is uh, about 90ish um yep is it i, I don't know. The website says it was one hundred. Like it's sixty-five feet. The, the, the website says it's one hundred and eighty feet. It didn't feel that tall though.
1: Uh, I think the full height drop is one hundred and eighty feet. Maybe right.
0: I don't know. That doesn't seem right. But... No. I wonder if again because you do kind of get sent underground, to lack of a better for lack of a better word, and I wonder if it's just a kind of quirk of of that again. You know, like looking at it, like it's not two hundred feet. It's not one hundred and eighty no. feet in the sky. But the but the drop Certainly is 180 not. feet because a chunk of it is out of sight when you're not on you know until yes. you get on the ride. So that might be a good half of, over half of it is underground. Right. That that's probably what that's probably where the confusion comes from. There, but uh, yes, because in fairness as well, like the sense of anticipation that is created by the chain lift is not quite the same as as on Shikra say because it doesn't take very long to get to the top it's quite funny in a way like i was kind of sitting there thinking oh is is that 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 really doesn't look very high at all but no that that would actually make sense that that a a fair amount of the drop is actually underground and out of sight but then beyond that there's not really anything to it there's there's no loop or anything but that drop gets you to be fair and uh, again as you say josh another world first so fair play
1: yes uh, another john wardley joint as well oh my word um it gets everywhere uh the i think the the thing about this one as well is that it's um the, one of the things that they kind of lose um is what some of the stuff that they added they, that was there um when it originally opened so they still had the in queue video playing of the guy he's like doing these like it's like black and white and he's trying to do kind of mind games on you and that sort of thing um there was no queue when we got there particularly so we missed it mm. Um, But then what happened was it used to hold you at the top, which it does still do, but it used to say, don't look down (laughs) and then it and then it would drop you. Um, But unfortunately, that was removed uh, back in 2004 um, because of sound restrictions. Oh, weird. Yeah,
0: it is also flawless. Which I seem to recall Shikra was not initially. I think when Shikra opened, that had a flaw. And I seem to remember it was kind of a... They made a big deal of the fact that, hey, we've made Shikra even scarier because now your legs are dangling. Already? Uh, oh, I believe know dad know did it, I assume, from day one. Yeah, Certainly flawless yeah, yeah. right now anyway, so there we go. Um, if you go on uh,
1: the drop coaster... Uh, or dive coaster, sorry, as they call it... Um, Wikipedia page the photo they use top photo is oblivion.
0: Oh, well there you go. Yeah, it's clearly got a lot of cred in the industry. Yeah. Um although there's one of them there's a there's a
1: I guess a shikra equivalent in uh, Hyde Park in Germany. In Hyde
0: Park. So maybe we'll get to go to Yeah. Interesting. Not UK Hyde Park. No, I was going to say. Still wouldn't be the yeah. scariest thing in our Hyde Park. That would remain A packed winter wonderland. Truly, hell on earth.
1: Yeah, this very much does look, I'm just looking at this Hyde Park, it very much does look like a uh, Shikra slash Griffin clone, but not at all.
0: Right, yeah. Okay, well, then we came to The Smiler, which was the one I, you know, again, as I say, having had lunch especially, was the one I was most trepidatious of. Uh, You had talked it up a lot during the day, you know, how mental it was. Another world first, and it's the world's first 14 loop roller coaster. And it does not waste any time uh, kicking off that tally because you go upside down and pretty much immediately upon exiting the station while you're kind of still indoors. Yes. (laughs) Like, right. How long we got? We need to set them upside down 14 times to beat the record. No. Uh, Chuck one in straight away. It's like someone messing around on Rollercoaster Tycoon. (laughs) That's what it feels like.
1: Just drop them straight into it. This whole
0: ride feels like someone messing around on Rollercoaster Tycoon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, another loop. Another one. Another one. Another one. Stop, you (laughs) madman. It's absolutely crazy. And I think the ride very much plays into how insane it is conceptually because it's just got this quite unsettling laughter track underneath it. And I guess it kind of... The vibe I get from it is that it's almost been built as a torture device or some sort of sick experiment, to kind of try and generate fright among people that ride it. Yeah, and, it's, um, it's kind of trying to drive people insane. Right? It's yeah, the sort of thing. yeah, yeah. The logo buys into that as well. It's kind of an even trippier mm. looking Cheshire Cat type of smile. You know? Yeah, it's quite unsettling. Um, and and the qu- and it's like the whole queue, yeah. like being right underneath
1: it, is like kind of like a
0: cattle pen.
1: Yes, queue almost.
0: Yes. Yeah, it gets real close to to the cages that you're queuing inside again. And again, it's something that fits into quite a tight space, which I think will, you know, just goes to show how much this thing kind of throws you around because you go upside down 14 times in what is a fairly small space. It's not Mm. something like, Um, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of it, like Cheetah Hunter Bush Gardens. That is a long coaster over a long... Uh, uh, of a quite a large space. Uh, this yes. is this is very much kind of the opposite of that, and yet still manages to send you upside down fourteen times.
1: It's it's impressive work. Um, oh, it's yeah. And um, I watched an onboard of it. I showed my parents an onboard of it uh, the other day. Uh, it very much doesn't. The, the onboard doesn't give you the same sensation that being on the ride gives. Mm. Um, being on the ride is it's you don't know which way is up by the end of it um it's just you don't know what's left what's right it's it's incredible Uh, and the thing is like on a nice sunny day i can't help but just laugh the way my whole way through it because it's the only thing i can do to comprehend what's going on (laughs) um but but then when you add in bucketing rain (laughs) As well. Yeah. It was a true onslaught of the senses when we Oh it went. really
0: was. It was relentless. There's a brief yeah. moment of downtime where it stopped to take you up a second chain lift. But I, I get I, I had my eyes shut basically uh al- almost the whole way through, like as soon as you get out of the main building, at which point as I said, you've already gone upside down once. I basically had my eyes shut for the rest of it because of the rain. Like it had been spitting fairly regularly throughout the day but it wasn't until it was like some sort of sick joke because it was the only period where it <laughs> properly bucketed it down with some real heft was while we yeah. were actually on Smiler and it had got worse in between going into the the station building and coming out of it on the ride itself so we went into the station building thinking "Ah, oh, you know a bit unpleasant but it's not coming down too hard it shouldn't be too awful and by the time we were on the ride hurtling out of the building it was very apparent that oh god it's absolutely bucketing it down and uh, yeah it made it impossible really for me to keep my eyes open because the rain hurt my face yeah <laughs> <laughs> if you want to get a sense of how wet we got there are some pictures of us on the uh, Park Crush Podcast Twitter feed it looks like we've just come off of like an actual water ride but no
1: yeah if someone told me I'd just come off Dudley Doo Ride I'd go yeah sure
0: <laughs> yeah but no, it was great. I, I've, I really enjoyed it. Like you, I kind of laughed my way through and um, would absolutely happily do it again. But I think I'll always, uh, the first time would always mean a lot to me, Josh, because I think, uh, even, you know, besides the fact that it was my first time on it, I do think the rain genuinely added to the experience of just how out of body and experience <laughs> it felt because I had my eyes shut and didn't really know what was going on. But it was crazy. Even the queue, even even the route out of the ride, is kind of quite trippy, and you know, it doesn't help with the sense yes. of not really knowing which way's up. By it, the end. it it goes pitch black at one point. Yeah, They're quite that tight. Exit? It's like what? turns and <laughs> narrow corridors. I guess that's the point, right? It kind of uh, you kind of feel a bit out of it, and I think that the, the exit from the building is uh, is actually quite unsettling, but a great ride and a very impressive achievement you know purely from a uh a design perspective to squeeze that many inversions into a pretty small space uh,
1: yeah so, um i should probably very good. list so you you've got a heartline roll then a corkscrew then a dive loop then a dive loop then a dive loop then a sidewinder then a corkscrew then a corkscrew uh then nine and ten are a sea serpent then 11 and 12 are, uh, is a cobra roll uh into another corkscrew, followed by a final corkscrew. Mm. uh, Mental.
0: It's non-stop. It's not like you settle for a little flat bit (laughs) for a bit. No, it's absolutely insane throughout. But I I really enjoyed it, and I I think it was a nice way to cap off the day in terms of the rides. I I was very impressed. It was my first visit. Really enjoyed it. Would love to go back, do those indoor rides when they become... uh, when they open... Uh, and I thought yeah there are some of the rides that we did that I would love to do again you know some I would sacrifice for in, in favor of queuing for stuff that we didn't do the indoor stuff and also some of the outdoor stuff that we didn't get to like Spinball Wizard uh, but stuff like yeah. Smiler Galactica um, I would love to do again but yeah really enjoyed it uh thanks for driving Josh I'm, I'm was, very glad
1: uh, you're, you're very welcome I'm, I'm glad I could uh
0: bring you in to the enjoyment that is Alton Towers for your first mm. uh, first time. Yeah, for sure. I guess it's all downhill from here in terms of UK theme parks. That is the creme de la creme.
1: Pretty much, yeah, from what I can tell. Um, it's been a while since I've been to uh, Blackpool's Pleasure Beach or Flamingo Land or anything like that. But, uh, yeah,
0: very much creme de la creme
1: for me. Mm.
0: Excellent. Well, yeah. Uh, as I say, if you're not familiar with Alton Towers, I highly recommend you look up some on-ride videos of some of those rides we've spoken about, especially Smiler. Yeah, I'll put some links in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, do that. There are also some pictures on the Parkcroft Podcast Twitter page, as I said, both from this year's trip and also last year's trip. Uh, we did do a trip report as well last summer, which maybe goes into a bit more detail. There were some on certain rides uh, which you can find as well. You scroll back through about probably 10 months' worth of podcasts to find the uh, Alton Towers trip report from last year. But yeah, if you have any thoughts yep. or questions, do get in touch with the show. You can email us, podcast at com or tweet us at podcast. Of course, you can find the show notes now at uk. And uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it, Josh, unless you've got anything else to add. Uh, no, that's it. Excellent. Well, we, we wait and see with bated breath what our next thing park trip may well be But until next week, take it easy, everybody. We'll see you then. Goodbye. Goodbye.